0: Welcome to Dungeon Delving, I'm Brandon Wagner, and today we are delving into Dragonborn. Now, before I started preparing for this episode, Dragonborn were a race that I kind of overlooked. I didn't really think much of them. I had a couple Dragonborn NPCs in the campaign I'm running now, but a lot of the NPCs in that campaign are just different races so that I can show that this is a very diverse place. Their their race has nothing to do with their character. But as I prepared to record this episode and started thinking about, you know, Dragonborn and using them and reading about them and their abilities and their cultures. I'm now super excited for Dragonborn. Like, I really want to use them in, in a campaign as part of the setting and the background. And also, I really want to see myself and other people play them. But, um... So... The thing that I'm most excited for with Dragonborn, both for the player aspect and the Dungeon Master aspect, is their Draconic Ancestry ability. Um, The Dragonborn get plus two strength, plus one charisma, and then they get Draconic Ancestry, which gives them a breath weapon and a damage resistance based on their, well, Draconic Ancestry. So if you're a Black or copper dragonborn, you get acid resistance and an acid breath weapon. Blue and bronze get lightning. Brass, gold, and red get fire. Green gets poison. And then silver and white get cold. So what this is, is this is the dragon that your bloodline comes from, goes back to. Um, In the Monster Manual, they talk about how in the early days... Of the dragonborn, they were vibrantly colored based on their ancestry, so you had white and red and blue and gold and silver dragonborn and now they are what is it what does it say a more uniform appearance. Their scales usually appear brass or bronze in color, sometimes ranging to scarlet rust, gold, or copper green. so they kind of had these much more dull colors than the true dragons that they have ancestry from. And I, as a dungeon master, would absolutely not do that. I would have the dragonborn be colored based on their draconic ancestry. So you'd have black and red and white and gold and silver and bronze dragonborn. Um, That said, the concepts that I really want to talk about in this particular episode still work with the more dull-colored dragonborn. But... I, I I just like having these really diverse dragonborn that are just a multi... All the colors of the draconic rainbow. <laughs> um, so, what I did for a player character... One of the things I looked into was the different dragons... And the kind of personality traits that they have. Because I feel like the draconic ancestry trait of a dragonborn has the potential to be a huge part of your character or to at least inspire a huge part of your character and how you roleplay them but more often probably i don't know i don't know anybody that plays dragonborn but uh i feel like it's something that just gets yeah i have this breath weapon i can use was it once a day or once once per long rest rather yeah short once per short rest so you can use it after a short rest again but <clears throat> and it's pretty good at 16th level it's 5d6 damage which is okay i guess it's nothing crazy but even at a low level you have it it's like 2d6 at a low level so even at like level one you have a 2d6 elemental attack which is pretty good um but what i did was i looked into the different dragons and their personality traits and i think i thought to myself if i was going to play a black dragonborn I would want to have some of the personality traits of a black dragon. Now, having your ancestry be chromatic or metallic does not mean that you have to be inherently evil or good, respectively. You can be a good chromatic dragonborn, but have these character traits, these flaws, that come from your draconic ancestry. So the chromatic dragon's... The two big bullet points for me that I saw with all chromatic dragons was greed and ego. So you have a... If you're playing a chromatic dragonborn, no matter what color dragonborn you are, no matter what your draconic ancestry is, you could play a character that is... They want money. Like, that's really what they're there for. Yeah, they're they're good. They're going to help people. And they're going to do good things. But they want to get paid for it. So maybe it's a little more neutral, less good. But... And then their ego. You have this character that... You can have a good character that thinks very highly of themselves or an evil if you're playing an evil character then you just take those two traits and go crazy with them (laughs) but then so to get more specifically with the black dragonborn they are cruel and brutal so maybe not cruel if you're playing a more good aligned character but brutal absolutely if you're playing like a black dragonborn fighter you want to acid breath your enemies, and then rush in there with your sword and just go to town on them, hacking and slashing. Uh, Black Dragonborn Barbarian also would be a really good character, I think. Um, If you wanted to play a spellcaster, just really theme your spells you pick every day based on being a Black Dragonborn. Just like, I'm going to take acid and poison spells every day. Um, If you're playing like a Black Dragonborn Druid, do a lot of those... Like twisting roots and foul water and all these like just nasty, cruel and brutal spells. Um if you're looking for cruelty, they talk about how dragonborn like to like to torture and play with their food. Maybe if you're a black dragonborn character, you would you know, toy with your enemies a little bit more. Make them think that they have a chance to beat you and then quickly take it away. <laughs> um for blue dragons the big ones are vain and patient those are the two biggest personality traits i saw with blue dragons and that's something that you can absolutely um take into like that your character is very very vain and even a good aligned character can be vain it's a negative character trait that you can absolutely play into and it wouldn't be that hard to role play a vain character and the patient aspect of them is I think it's very just have this very. If you're playing like a fighter, play like a Blue Dragonborn samurai who's just very patient and keeps his his blade in its scabbard until the right moment to strike. Or, or a Blue Dragon assassin rogue would be good too. You're patiently waiting for opportunities to come in and deal a lot of damage. uh For Green Dragonborn, they are manipulative. They lust for power. They're very sophisticated in their mannerisms when they are with strangers, but when they're with others of their kind, they are like crass and rude and joking. And you could absolutely have that character play out in a dragonborn is this, you want to get stronger. So like a, a green dragonborn warlock, that lust for power. I feel like warlock, the lust for power aspect is something that warlocks really tie into well. Because they they want to be strong and powerful. So they make a deal with this otherworldly being to get that. Um, the manipulative nature of them. Green Dragonborn I feel like more than. Or Green Dragons I should say. I feel like more than the other chromatic dragons. Really fit for Dragonborn being spellcasters. Rather than uh, melee attackers. Just because they have this this lust for power and this manipulative edge for them. Or even if you didn't want to do a spellcaster, it'd be like a uh what is it? A mastermind rogue. That's a that's a rogue art type, yeah. The mastermind rogue from Xanathar's um Or uh a College of Whispers Bard would be really good for uh Green Dragonborn I think. And then that being really sophisticated with strangers and crass with friends I think you could really put that into your role playing like you know when you're meeting someone of when you're in a city and you meet someone important like the mayor or the king or whoever you have this air of sophistication with the way you talk but then when you're with your friends you're just telling dirty jokes and being loud and belligerent but you can switch it on and off um for reds I've got they're impulsive, they're vain, they're covetous, they're arrogant. This is a really good, if you're wanting to play like an Oath of Conquest paladin. You just have this this vain, impulsive dra- fighter, this guy in big armor, this dragon born wearing big armor. that like breathes fire and has a big sword and they're just like, oh yeah, well, let's go, let's fight. And they just rush into things and they do it not because they're not just because they're impulsive, but also because they think no one can beat them. They're like, Yeah, I'm descended from a red dragon, the most powerful of the chromatic dragons. <clears throat> no one can no one can best me. And they get really covetous. They're really protective of what they get. Their their treasures. Um, for white dragons, I have their they're vengeful, they're loners, which I guess I also wrote down Holds grudges, which kind of fits in with vengeful. (laughs) Um, If you have a white dragonborn barbarian, who you know they like to stick like to be by themselves. Um, White dragonborn or white dragons, I should say, are really good hunters and are really brutal combatants. So I feel like the rate, like a a, a melee ranger or a uh, barbarian, really fits with the white dragonborn. With that kind of personality traits. If you really want to make your dragonborn feel connected to their draconic ancestry. Um, Moving into metallic dragons. The two big traits that all the metallic dragons share that I found was that they're curious and they have a sense of nobility. So you have this just inquisitive, curious character that kind of carries themselves with that air of nobility. Um... Well, uh, let's get into those more specifics. With the Brass Dragonborn... The Brass Dragons are talkative, bold, and trusting. Um, that could be... That very much fits into a character, you know? You have a character that just never shuts up. There's always chatting. And then when you get into... Into into a fight, they're... They're, uh... They're taunting their enemies, and they're, uh... Making plays and moves that are... Maybe kind of risky. Um i think like a swashbuckler rogue brass dragon board would fit very well um bronze dragon boards are staunch allies they're organized they're warriors this is your uh your paladin or your cleric who when they lie themselves to a cause they, they they stick to it they are all in and they're powerful they're good warriors so you have this this like uh, a battle master fighter would be a really good fit too for a brass dragonborn with that that organized or sorry bronze dragonborn with that that organized trait you know they really they can see the battlefield and figure out strategize on the spot copper dragonborn copper dragons are pranksters they're kind of miserly but they're good hosts so you have this this character who doesn't want to spend their money ever so you have, like, a 20th level character that has never spent a single gold coin. They have this this huge pouch of gold at their side. Because so they're like, yeah, I don't want to buy anything. I don't need that. You know, they only buy something. They only will spend their money if they absolutely have to. Uh, they like to play pranks on everybody. And maybe that's something they will spend money on. They're willing to spend money on a tool to help them pull a prank on their allies. And that can make your downtime role-playing very interesting, just to have your one Copper Dragonborn player just pulling pranks on the other players all the time. If you have a good-natured playgroup, that is. If you don't have a a good-natured playgroup, it's going to get really annoying really fast. But if you do it well, it can be fun. Uh, Gold Dragonborn dragonborn are wise, aloof, and generous, more so than the other uh, dragons. Um... That generosity doesn't necessarily expand to... They're going to give you stuff out of their horde more. They're generous with knowledge and aid and um, secrets that they may have gathered. But this is really good for a wizard. Because they're wise and aloof. They they like to carry themselves with an air of aloneness. But not necessarily in the same way as the white dragons who are like just loners. Um, <clears throat> Gold Dragonborn really fits in with a wisdom focused character even though dragonborn don't get a bonus to wisdom just that they are very wise trait of gold dragons if you want to have your draconic ancestry really affect your role playing will fit with that i think and then finally we have silver dragons who are friendly cheerful virtuous but kind of absent-minded um that's a really good i feel like this is just a really good bard (laughs) friendly cheerful virtuous absent-minded perfect for like a chaotic good bard character they're really friendly they uh always bring smiles and have one themselves but they're just kind of a dullard <laughs> just like they 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 overlook everything um so those aspects of the individual dragon types are something that you can use as a player to give your dragonborn a connection to their draconic ancestry, so that your draconic ancestry is more than a resistance and a breath weapon. as a dungeon master, you can if you want to really role play your uh, dragonborn NPCs and make them diverse, that's something that you can bring into as well. Now for using dragonborn in your world, I really like there's a lot of ways I was thinking about it all week and there's so many different ways to put Dragonborn into your world. And I want to try all of them on the one hand, you can have Dragonborn just exist as they do in the uh uh monster Man, or not the monster, Man, sorry the player's handbook where they just have these self sufficient clans um maybe your clans live together, like you have cities of Dragonborn that are occupied by a number of clans and ruled by a council of elders, like one from each clan. It's a good way to do it and then <clears throat> What I really got into when I was thinking about Dragonborn and putting them into your world is segregating them. Not in a bad way, not in like a history of the United States segregation way, but more of a, the Dragonborn like to stick with their own kind within Dragonborn. So maybe your Dragonborn city, where they all live together, each clan, however, has a draconic ancestry. So you have this big city of Dragonborn, and in it is a clan that are all white draconic ancestry dragonborn one clan is all gold one clan is all silver one clan is all red um or you just do it chromatic and metallic you know you have these clans in the city are all a mix of chromatic ancestry these clans in the city are all a mix of metallic ancestry and then you can have them coexist peacefully because you know they're dragonborn now they're not dragons anymore Or you can have them at ends. One idea I had for a whole adventure is there's like two city-states. One of them populated entirely by Chromatic Dragonborn, one entirely by Metallic Dragonborn. And your adventuring party finds themselves in kind of the borderland. There's a a strip of land in between the areas controlled by these city-states and you get there and the villagers the people that the people that farm this land the people that hunt this land are like yeah these two city states their skirmishes with each other are on our land so we get all the all the uh um collateral damage of these fights between groups of dragonborn are affecting us like yeah like our fields get torched because the dragonborn just use their breath weapons on each other all day and You know, like, oh, yeah, my house caught on fire because their fight got too close and they're completely ignorant of us. You know, these these dragonborns are so focused on their conflict with each other that they don't really give a thought to the dirt farmers living in the region where they conduct their battles. Um, On the other hand, you can have the chromatic dragonborn be trying to protect the people living there. Or, sorry, the metallics trying to protect the people living there. And then the Metallics are uh, trying to get in and control, take over, do damage, whatever it is they do. Um, Another idea is to, no matter how you implement your Dragonborn, really flip the expectations. Have stereotypes have your if you're dragonborn especially if you're dragonborn look like the Dra- the dragons they have ancestry from you can really play with that and the way other npcs and your party will approach them um have people react have your your npcs react to chromatic dragonborn with fear and suspicion and be trusting of metallic dragonborn <clears throat> and then you can as the dm you can absolutely meet these expectations or subvert them have the villain of your campaign be a shining golden dragonborn that everyone trusts and believes in because, oh, they're a gold dragonborn. Their ancestors were gold dragons who are good and wise and kind. And this guy is just jaffaring the nation, you know, sitting there manipulating the king, um, doing everything for his own ends, but nobody suspects him because they look at him and they're like, oh, he's, he's good. And, you know, he plays a facade of that, but it's easier for him to fake it because people assume it. And then, maybe on the other hand, you have a heroic black dragonborn, which this sounds super racist because there's white and black dragons, but you have this black dragonborn that people are like, yeah, drag, black dragons are you know, cruel and brutal, and you probably are too. But really, he's just out there trying to help people, trying to do good. And if you have a group that you can bring those kind of uh, negative effects of racism and stereotyping into your game and do it comfortably, then, well maybe not comfortably, but without making anyone too uncomfortable, then you can play on these stereotypes about the different kinds of dragons and use them to create these really in-depth role-playing experiences and relationships between your npcs because the the relationships between your npcs are important they give your world depth and they give you role playing opportunities for your players so you have to keep those kinds of things in mind when you get when you really want to get into the deep nitty gritty of role playing um <clears throat> one idea i had for your dragonborn <coughs> is to have the clans of dragonborn be living in the kinds of regions that their dragons live in and like i said you can do this and have them look like the dragons or be the more dull colors but have a swamp area in your world a swampy region that contains a nation of black dragonborn whether it's you know a village or you have it be like a city and surrounding villages and just be a full-fledged country or kingdom or just a few scattered villages, or just one one citadel where they live. Have the swampy region with uh, black dragonborn have a desert region where you have blue or um, brass dragonborn, or both. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a source of conflict. Maybe the black dragonborn live a peaceful life because they're the only dragonborn living in this swampy region of the world. But in this desert region, there's conflict between the blue and the brass dragonborn. Um, or maybe not. Maybe there's multiple desert regions in your world. And in this, in this particular desert, there is a nation of blue dragonborn. And this other desert on the other side of the world is a nation of brass dragonborn. Um, you have a forest nation of green dragonborn. And maybe they clash with the wood elves. Or they're allies of the wood elves. Or if it's a jungle rather than a forest, they are fighting or working with Yonti. Um, for the red dragonborn, they like volcanic mountainous regions. So I was thinking you just have a region like Yellowstone in the United States where there's hot springs and it's all fed by underground volcanic activity. Or you, or maybe you have them like living in Hawaii. <laughs> you have this lush, beautiful, tropical island. With a semi-active volcano at its center. And there's, it's populated by red dragonborn. Um, white dragonborn. You could have living up in the icy tundra regions. Uh, where I talked about brass with the deserts. Uh, bronze dragonborns are... Bronze dragons are coast dwellers. So maybe you have bronze dragonborn living in these coastal villages. Or you go all the way and just have them live in underwater cities you know maybe you have like um like the underwater cities in final fantasy 14 that have like the bubbles around them and they just live in these these dry pocket of air cities or or not maybe they maybe they may maybe they can just breathe underwater and in your world the the bronze dragonborns just live in underwater cities alongside sea elves or uh merfolk um copper dragonborns live in like dry hills. So you could have them conflicting with red dragonborn for space. You could have them conflicting with blue or copper, not copper, not copper or brass. Um or they could just live on their own. They're they're away from everything else. Um gold dragons like to live in like really out of the way secluded places. So maybe you have like this pristine valley in a mountain range that no one knows about because it's surrounded on all sides by these brutal, hard-to-pass-through mountains. And there's just a, 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 a city of gold dragonborn in this valley that are, you know, studying the stars and just living this secluded, peaceful life. And then silver dragonborns like to live in high mountains. So what I was thinking is, have your world have a version of the Himalayas. Just these tall, the tallest mountains that reach all the way up to the stars almost. Seemingly reach to the stars. And that's where the white dragon, the silver dragonborns live, sorry. And they live just in this huge, they live in these secluded monasteries or villages on these impossibly tall mountains. And nobody bugs them because they're so high up, nobody else can get there. Um, And really with the dragonborn, I I want to try all of these things. Um, one idea I had for a campaign was, like, a low magic setting where dragons were unique, but dragonborn were not. And my idea for it was that the dragonborn were once dragons, but then the dragons, through their arrogance, pissed off the gods, and the gods turned all but the truest dragons into dragonborn. So, like, there's only one red dragon, and he most exemplifies what it means to be a red dragon, and the rest of the red dragons got turned into dragonborn. So that's a history you could have for your dragonborn. Maybe the first dragonborn were dragons that pissed off some deities and were then cursed with this humanoid form, and now their descendants have to live with it. Um, Maybe the first, maybe the dragonborn have a similar history to Asamar and Tieflings, where maybe a human couple who has a touch of draconic in them. Gives birth to a Dragonborn. Like, their kid comes out and it's all scaly and has a dragon head. And they're just like, what the heck? You know, it's just this 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 moment of fear. You don't have to have Dragonborn be a whole race. They could just be unique individuals the way Tieflings and Asomar are. Um, That really... You'd have to do a lot of your own work to make that fit in your world because the the texts don't do that. The texts are very much... These are. This is an established race that has clans, and there's others of it. But you don't have to do that. You can do whatever the heck you want. You're the DM. <clears throat> Another way to look at it is, what's the relationship between your dragonborn and the dragons? Um, you could have... One idea I had is, you have this powerful ancient red dragon, <clears throat> and the area around its lair is... There's villages of red dragonborn living there that are loyal to this dragon. So you want to go find the dragon's lair if you have to be careful because there's villages surrounding it of creatures loyal to this dragon. And they can all breathe fire too. So you have to be really careful or maybe they help to protect it. Maybe it's like, yeah, nobody knows that there's a gold dragon living here, but there's a village of gold dragonborn. Why are they here? You know, that's kind of your hint that there's an ancient dragon nearby is the dragonborn that have ancestry with that kind of dragon flock to it. And maybe they have ancestry with that dragon in particular. You know, all the dragonborn living in this village are descended from the ancient dragon who layers right near the village. They're all his or her children. And maybe you do that with... All the ancient, maybe if there are multiple ancient dragons in your world, all of them have you know villages of loyal dragonborn, or maybe none of them, or maybe only one does. Maybe, yeah, there's a bunch of there's multiple ancient gold dragons in our world, but one of them is the ancient the most ancient and the most powerful and the most wise, and that one in particular has Um Dragonborn followers. And it's the same thing with the other dragons. Yeah, there's multiple ancient red dragons. But one of them is more ancient and more powerful and has a bigger horde and has dragonborn followers. And maybe that's part of your politics. If you really want the dragons of your world to have a political aspect to them between each other, that's part of it. That's part of their power. The dragon with the biggest horde has dragonborn followers. But especially with chromatic dragons, maybe that that loyalty is fickle. And if another dragon gets a bigger horde, the dragonborn are going to go to that dragon. And you don't have to have to stick it by, by type of dragon at that point. You could have um, whatever chromatic dragon has the biggest horde has the most dragonborn followers, and they're not just blue dragonborn following the blue dragon. Maybe your blue dragon is the most powerful ancient dragon of the chromatics and has a bunch of dragonborn following them, a mixed group. Maybe some of them have even metallic heritage maybe they don't it's up to you i just feel like there's so much you can do with dragonborn and a lot of it can give the depth and the role-playing to the dragonborn themselves but you can also use it to really give more depth to a dragon a full-grown dragon a true dragon um and that's it it, it's really in service you can do it in service to the dragons or in service to the dragonborn themselves but there's just i feel like there's so much you can do with dragonborn and i never thought of it before like i had never thought of dragonborn as a race that you can do a lot with i always thought of them as yeah your your dragonborn adventurer is going to be like the only dragonborn your party ever sees Maybe they encounter a clan of Dragonborn somewhere in the world, and it has something to do with your dragonborn player's backstory, but I feel like if you really want to have this very high fantasy world where there's just these this multitude of fantasy races and they all have you know decent numbers and aren't just like you can go away from having you know rare player races and common player races and just do had to just be a ton of dragonborn <laughs> um there's a lot you can do with them that's really what it all boils down to is there's so much you can there's so much potential in dragonborn to do such a vast multitude of things with them in your world um before we go a couple quick things um this is the last episode focused on player races that is entirely focused on one race. I have more episodes coming up. Um next week we'll do half half elves and half orcs. After that, we got tiefling and osamar, um furbolg and goliaths, Tabaxi, kenku and lizardfolk, uh tritons and sea elves, underdark races, and then we'll wrap up the races series with eladrin, shatterkai and the gith. So The format's going to change a little bit. All these episodes so far I've been doing are, we talk about playing one of these races as a player character, and then um, the Dungeon Master putting them into your world aspect. For the future episodes, we'll follow that, but we'll do it one race at a time. So next week, I'll do half-elves. I'll talk about playing a half-elf, putting half-elves in your world. Playing a half-orc, putting half-orcs into your world. And that's kind of how the format will be broken up a little bit with these future episodes that are talking about multiple races in a single episode. Um, I mentioned it on my Twitter. If you're not following me, you should definitely check it out. At Dungeon Delving on Twitter. Um, I'd love to have... I check it every day. So if you guys ever want to just shoot questions or ideas or just talk about D&D, hit me up on there. Um, I have another podcast that I also share on there called On The Way Home. That's a podcast that I do with my wife where we talk about movies, so if you're ever in the mood for something a little bit different, you can check that out. I also share other podcasts like uh, Thornvale, which is a um, Monster of the Week game that my friends are playing and and casting, so if you're in the mood for role-playing, but not necessarily D&D, check them out. I have links on my Twitter. Um, Yeah, I linked their first episode. I don't think I've linked any other ones yet, but you want to start at the beginning. So, uh, other than that, that's all I've got. This one went a little bit longer than some of the past ones. I just got really excited about Dragonborn. Um, I hope you guys got as much out of this as I did in preparing it. Um, that's all I got for today. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.